Welcome, race fans, and welcome to another episode of the Push to Pass podcast. I am Derek Vance, and uh, what a uh, interesting, I think, uh, week uh, that we have had here in uh, the NTT IndyCar series. Uh, a lot of big breaking news, uh, which we'll get to here. Uh, momentarily here within the next uh, hour. Uh, what a uh, great show uh, that we have in store uh, for you. Uh, joining me uh, this evening here momentarily uh, will be uh, Tony Donahue. Uh, I know you've heard him on the show uh, before. He also has his own uh, IndyCar uh, podcast as well. Go check uh, that out. And then he is also the head content of uh, uh, burnout sports so go and uh, check that out check him out and check out that content uh, as well uh, also uh, joining me along with uh, tony donahue uh, we're gonna have asher fair of beyond the flag on fan side uh, he'll be joining us here uh, to discuss uh, not only the uh, big news as you see uh, scrolling it down there at the bottom of the page uh, but he's also going to be uh, discussing uh, the NTT uh, IndyCar series uh, as well so far. And then also, too, obviously, we have a uh, race this weekend in Toronto, uh, the, Indy, the IndyCar series back in Toronto after a couple-year hiatus. Uh, so we'll talk to uh, him uh, about that as well. And then also we have another uh, Andretti Autosport driver uh, joining us from the Indy Lights series uh, tonight. Uh, Hunter McElray uh, is going uh, to be joining us. The number 27 uh, Andretti, Andretti Auto Sport driver uh, is going to be joining us. And then to finish the show, as always, uh, we're going to bring uh, Mike in from uh, Bet IndyCar uh, to uh, uh, talk about some of the lines this week at uh, at Toronto and, and things of that nature. But I do see uh, the uh, special guest co-host uh, has uh, has joined us. Uh, from uh, live on site, yeah. uh, to say the least. There, uh, Tony. Uh, thank you for uh, you know taking a little bit of time out of your busy schedule. I know you got a uh, huge softball game coming up here, uh, not in the not so distant future. But uh, uh, first and foremost, uh, you know it, it was Toronto week. Uh, IndyCar been on hiatus uh, the last couple of years from Toronto, and we thought it was all going to be quiet on the Western Front. And how wrong were we? Yeah, you know, you, you we're going into this weekend, and the hype should be that Toronto is back on the schedule and that this is a street race that has huge implications because a lot of the drivers that are competing for the championship, including Alex Pelot, don't have experience at Toronto. They've never been there, right? They haven't been there since 2019. Uh, but as you know, the headlines were stolen Tuesday evening uh, with the tug-of-war battle between Aero McLaren SP and Chip Ganassi racing for the services of the defending champion of the series, Alex Pelot. So it's certainly something that we've never seen in IndyCar. Um, you know, I'm all about some drama, some excitement. Uh, I think it really gets everybody's gears churning, for lack of a better term. And we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I am a little bit surprised that Pelot is in the cockpit this week. If you're going to cite, and I like Alex Pelot first and foremost. I have a lot of respect for him. He's been great to me. Uh, we have a good relationship. But if you're going to cite that it's personal reasons on why you, you don't want to race next year for Chip Ganassi Racing, well, how how tough are those personal reasons that, you know what, you'll go ahead and race with them the remainder of the season sitting fourth in the championship standings, but you don't want to race for them next year. So 
Um, you know, there's that domino. The next domino is, okay, if Pelot does go to McLaren next year, is it actually in an IndyCar? I don't think he's going to go to Formula E. I think that's Felix Rosenquist's seat. But is there a chance he does get a super license, which he's not too far away from acquiring, to go to Formula One? Is this something that they say, okay, well, Daniel Ricciardo's not doing what we need him to do. He's unhappy. We're going to move him and take Alex Pelot to Formula One. I mean, this guy's never even tested a Formula One car, so... Derek, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Uh, I think lawyers are going to answer some of those questions for us, but it uh, will be interesting to see because that 10 car is still in the championship hunt despite the fact that it hasn't had a win this season. Um, and you go to Toronto, a race that guys like VK and Alex Pillow don't have experience on. Uh, so that should be the storyline going in, but it's not. And it's interesting to see what will happen this weekend knowing that there's a lot of drivers inside of the top 10 of the standings that don't have toronto experience and that you know have not been to that track and then oh by the way it's a street course every time you go back to a street course that has long winters like detroit and toronto do things change there's different bumps there's different creases to the track so there's a lot going into this weekend but but obviously the number one headline right here derek is is what's going to happen with alex below and his services moving forward yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, one group that has to be extremely happy as to what uh, has taken place here in the last 72 hours uh, has to be the Andre- or the uh, Andretti drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, that was going to be the storyline, I thought, going into uh, Toronto, um, the the mayhem or lack thereof uh, that uh, that they had uh, in in mid-Ohio. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's the storyline. Obviously, is going to be Alex Pillow. Uh, I, I can't imagine what the media bullpen is going to look like uh, tomorrow. Uh, I think it's going to be Alex Pillow and everybody else. Um, but there, there's a lot of again legalities, as you talked about. Um, obviously, uh, you know Chip has made it perfectly clear uh, that he ex- uh, he's going to extend that uh, 2023 option. And uh, on on the flip side of that. Uh, kudos to uh, Zach Brown because you talked about the money that he is dumping mm-hmm. in to uh, the IndyCar series, not only building the new facility, uh, but the new contract to Pato Award, Alexander Rossi, and uh, I guess uh, Alex Pillow as well. Yeah, and I think you look at what Chip Ganassi did. He got win that Alex Pillow was probably going to go over to McLaren, and he said, all right, well, I'm going to exercise that option. So now you got to pay me a, a pretty significant amount of money to get Pillow out of his contract, and I think – the quote-unquote personal issues might be more of a lawyer statement than anything coming out of Alex Pillow because uh, we haven't heard a blip. We haven't heard anything that Alex Pillow is unhappy. Alex Pillow is not happy with Chip Ganassi racing. We haven't heard a drop of that, and usually it's hard to keep that stuff under wraps. Um, you know. And then, okay, so then what does Chip Ganassi do? Does he go after Arenas VK, who I think is the next best uh, driver who I reported a month ago was more than likely going to end up at, at, at Chip Ganassi Racing. And you know, everybody keeps saying, oh, well, these guys are playing chess. These guys are playing checkers. Well, if you're Chip Ganassi, you say, okay, if Polo wants to go over there to McLaren, you got to pay us a check. And then, hey, we're going to go get Renus VK, which one gets us a championship caliber driver ready to na- take the next step in a championship caliber car. Uh, and on top of that, um, it keeps him out of the Team Penske car in 2024, which will be vacated by Will Power more than likely his last year of the contract uh, for Team Penske is next year, and more than likely Will Power will end up retiring or at least retiring from full-time competition with Team Penske. So then if, if you're looking around in 24, your Team Penske, you're going, all right, who can I get into that car? Uh, because right now there's not as – there's not. it's like Renus VK, 
and then Colin Mylott and um, Christian Lungard are right there. But outside of that, there's just not a lot of guys ready that can perform. And Eilat and Lungard, I don't think, are ready to prove that they can win races quite yet either. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, uh, dominoes, I, I think, mm-hmm. uh, left to fall. And, and the one thing that worries me uh, in all of this, and I know uh, David Land talked about this as well, is you know when, when 2023 comes around, uh, you know, Chip Canassi basically tells Alex Pillow, you know what, I'm going to pay you to sit at home. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be the most damaging option here. Now, one thing I, I question, though, is if this deal is with McLaren and it's an obviously totally different, um, you know, racing circuit, mm-hmm. can Alex Pillow do both? Is that possible? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think there was a couple of, of weekends where uh, the Formula E and Indy car kind of mix, and that's probably why they said, you know what, we're going to have Felix Rosenquist as our failsafe just in case, just in case things happen. Um, I don't think that you could do both full time, uh, but again, if you wanted to rotate some drivers in and out, but and go for a team championship, let's say on what would be maybe the sixth car with Alex Polo and Felix Rosenquist, maybe. Uh, but I just see that that's counterintuitive to what you're doing. Um, guys like Connor Daly will tell you, it's so hard to hop in one car to go to another car to come back, and then this guy comes in. You know, we've seen him do that with the 20 car, and it just wasn't consistent. And we've seen Connor this year have his most consistent season so far in that 20 car. So uh, I, I just think that that would just be a little bit too much. Um, and Alex Pillow is not a guy that I don't think is going to accept, regardless of how big the check is, to say, hey, I'm going to go to Formula E. So um, there is a lot of dominoes left to fall, that's for sure. Yeah, there absolutely is. And and if, and if, and again, you know, we don't know where Alex Pillow sits uh, with, uh, with, with McLaren, um, you know, all intents and purposes, everything he tweeted out, retweeted, had nothing to do with Arrow McLaren. It yep. just had to do with, with McLaren. So that's going to remain yep. to be seen. But can you imagine for a moment, just imagine 2023 opening weekend, the Arrow McLaren stable, Alexander Rossi, Pato Award, and Alex Pillow. I mean, it's a super team, right? And that's what Zach Brown wants. That's what Zach Brown knows that he needs to do to compete in IndyCar for championships and Indianapolis 500 wins. Pato has had great Indianapolis 500 runs the last two seasons. Felix had a good month of May to kind of, kind of quote-unquote save his job at McLaren, whether that's being a Formula E driver or an IndyCar driver. Um, but that is an absolute super team that contends with Ganassi and contends with um, Penske right away. I think it's a team that, you know, does Renus end up at – Chip Ganassi Racing, and I think Renus VK is a super talent that can win races in that 10 car and contend for a championship. Yeah, absolutely, and, and you know what, though? Coming around to 2023, you could see this same war between Chip Ganassi and, and uh, Zach Brown for Renus VK. So this may rear its ugly head uh, again, but uh, aside from that, uh, another storyline, obviously, is the chaos uh, that is taking place over at uh, Andretti Autosports mm-hmm. uh, with the, everything that uh, took place there. At, hey, I'll at, sit. At I'll Ohio. sit. This. I'll sit one more. I'll sit one more. Sorry, right, I'll, I got. We'll get one more segment with you. No, I'm, I'm you're sitting here, so you're good. I'm going to sit okay. this sitting out, so you're good. Um, but uh, you know what? What is your feel? What is your take? I know you were at Mid Ohio mm-hmm. uh, with uh, everything that's in, involving uh, Andretti Autosport right now. You know, I think that you've got Alexander Rossi, who is frustrated with his results over the last, what, there are two to three years. I don't think he's won a race since the 2019 season. 
And then I think when Rossi came in, there was there was a look at him like, oh, here's this Formula One guy who is better than everybody and whatever. Well, Rossi's kind of looking at Grosjean going, is this what people thought about me? Was I a quote-unquote ass to get along with, right? And I think Grosjean has one goal in his mind. It's not to make friends. It's not to make anybody happy but himself and to go out and win races and contend for races. Um, it's been a frustrating season for Andretti. You know, you take away that win for Colton Herta at the Indy GP when it rained and really gave him the opportunity to win that race. Um, you know, outside of that, it's not been a very good run. I, I think I think Grosjean has one podium this year, if I'm not mistaken. Rossi has a couple. Rossi has been pretty hot for the most part since the start of the month of May. Um, Andretti got into him, got into him big time. I mean, Michael came in and basically, because look, not only, Derek, was it a bad look for them in their IndyCar program, it was a bad look. Good catch. Good catch. Sorry. Uh, not only was it a bad look for their IndyCar program, it was a bad look for them trying to get the Formula One, trying to get these people to sign off on him coming to Formula One. And Formula One, which has always been anti-American. I mean, look, we haven't seen an American driver over there since, I mean, what, Scott Speed ran a couple of races. Michael went over there in 1993. Um I think it gives an excuse for these Formula One teams to say, ah, well, you know what? Look, he can't even control his own IndyCar program and his own IndyCar drivers. And he's got his his best driver in Colton Herta, now with McLaren doing some testing for Formula One. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that's like, man, it just it's not a good look, not only on the IndyCar side of things, but Formula One. I think we'll see a resurgence. Toronto has been a track that the Andretti's have always ran well at. Uh, Michael obviously won there a lot in his time. I think we'll see good runs this weekend out of Colton Grosjean and I think Alexander Rossi and also Devlin DeFrancesco. I mean, Devlin's been kind of the, the scapegoat for a lot of things. And, 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 you know, there was no controversy really out of him in mid Ohio. He did have a little dust up with Grosjean, but um, at the end of the day, I think we'll see, I think we'll see a little bit of a resurgence out of Andretti. Am I going to predict, predict that their drivers win this weekend? No, but I think we'll see a little bit more pep in their step to, to get stuff done. And I think Michael said, look, we got to finish the season strong. We have sponsor obligations. You're still under contract with me, whether you're going somewhere else next year or not. Um, so I think we will see a little bit more out of Andretti. I think all all four of his drivers are professional at the end of the day and will do what it takes to uh, to better the team. And, you know, the emotions finally boiled over at Mid-Ohio. That had been building for weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, we've seen Grosjean run guys off. We've seen Rossi kind of be on a charge lately. Um, so I think there's a lot of people – that are ready to see Andretti do well. And I think that could start this weekend in Toronto. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in total agreement uh, with you. Uh, Michael runs a, uh, you know, tight, uh, classy outfit uh, over there. And, uh, you know, as you said, everything finally come to a boiling point and uh, they had to have that uh, come to Jesus meeting there. Yeah. And which was I, needed, I mean, which, which was needed. Oh. And maybe it was needed a few weeks prior and it finally just took its toll on the track, it finally took its toll off the track when Grosjean walked to his to his transporter with his helmet on. He walked right by me when, um, you know, Andretti went by and didn't see Rossi on his scooter and yelled and yelled, "Where the hell is he?" So a lot of things just boiled over, and maybe that sit down should have came before Road America. Instead, it comes after um, all that stuff goes down after the Mid Ohio race. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, uh, we're going to be interested in following uh, how uh, how those drivers uh, finish uh, this weekend as well. Uh, Tony, again, a huge thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you got to get back to a, a huge softball game you got uh, over there. But uh, if you do uh, gra- uh, get some time before uh, you know ten o'clock or so, um, make sure you see if you can hop back on. Yep. Thanks for having me. Sorry that didn't work out for the entire show. Tell Hunter I said hello. I ran into his teammate today downtown on the Circle Stingray Rob. And I said, what should I ask Hunter if I talk to him tonight? And he said, you need to ask him what it's like to sit on the sidelines while his two other lights teammates were testing an Indy car at Mid-Ohio oh. the other day. So, All right. Hunter, uh, you know what? I, I will get that in for you. Yeah, Absolutely. But it, I will get that in for you. But it was a great right. win for Hunter a few weeks ago at Mid-Ohio. And, you know, as, as cool as this Indy car, watch these Indy lights guys because that Iowa race is going to be awesome coming up in a week and a half. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to uh, preview that. But uh, Tony, again, a huge thank you for carving some time out of your day. And uh, uh, if you can uh, get back on. Thanks. Appreciate it. I got to go bat now. There you go. (laughs) See ya. That was uh, Tony Donahue. Go uh, check him out there on his uh, IndyCar podcast as well as uh, Burnout Sports. Uh, But uh, now our uh, next guest here on the Push to Pass podcast, uh, absolute uh, fan of uh, of this uh, next uh, individual. Uh, We've actually been uh, uh, Twitter followers of uh, of each other for uh, for quite a long time. Uh, But uh, Asher Fair of Beyond the Flag on fan side is here joining us now asher uh first and foremost let me say it's a huge thank you for uh carving a little bit of time out of your busy day uh obviously busy schedule to uh to come on here uh but for people that don't follow you in in the racing world and uh, let me say shame on them if they don't uh tell us a little bit about yourself yeah i mean well first of all can you hear me all right it's my first time using this software you you are as they say five by five you're coming in crystal clear Sounds good. Thanks again for having me. Thanks for setting this up, for putting up with my 16 different uh, Twitter questions before getting on. But yeah, uh, I've been doing this for Beyond the Flag. I guess this is my sixth season. So 2017 is when I started for Beyond the Flag. And then uh, before that, actually, it's an interesting story how I got started into racing. So uh, I guess I was in like fourth grade. And I was watching, have you ever heard of the show Gomer Pyle? Well, golly, George. Exactly. So I got into that show. I was like in fourth grade. My dad bought season one. And then, of course, he bought us season two, season three. And then he said, hey, if you want to watch Gomer Pyle sing on Sunday, you could watch Indy 500. So that was 2009 Indy 500. Castro Nevis won. It was his third. And ever since then, I've just been hooked on the sport and that that became a, an Instagram fan account, which evolved into my own website, which was called Sports Press. And then that I used that to apply to my editor role at Beyond the Flag. So it's been an interesting journey, that's for sure. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it has. And kudos to your dad uh, for uh, you know having you watch great uh, TV shows uh, like uh, Gomer Pyle, because obviously you know uh, TV did this day and age. Uh, there's nothing like uh, seeing uh, Jim Neighbors, but. No. Um, you know, I know you're a huge uh, motorsports fan. Obviously, uh, you do write uh, IndyCar, and uh, not a uh, shortage, I think, uh, of topics here within the last uh, couple weeks. Uh, just got done talking there with with Tony Donahue. Uh, first and foremost, let's uh, let's talk about a little bit um, what ha- the news uh, that has uh, shaken. I think 
the IndyCar world within the last 72 hours. I know you've been on it, uh, but the news coming out there uh, Tuesday evening, uh, everything surrounding uh, what is going on with uh, Alex Pillow. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where you say, oh, silly season doesn't matter because you got to focus on the task at hand, but it does matter. I mean, you're seeing these reports from Brazilian media that they're ready to put Canaan in his seat, which I don't know how much of that I, I believe, but it just just crazy. I mean, how does how does Chip Ganassi move forward with him in the championship this year? I mean, they have two other fully capable championship contenders that, I mean, they're going to want to, I hate to say it, but they're going to want to prioritize those two if they keep Pillow in that seat. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But what's funny to me, and I said this from the start, was if you remember early last month, Kanan tweeted about – he basically tweeted what was going to happen without revealing exactly who. So something tells me that there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than anybody's being led to, to know. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And that's a great point that you just alluded to there. Um, if I remember correctly, uh, the, the tweet that, uh, uh Tony Kanon tweeted out is that, uh, it, you're going to be knocked off your chair, I think, uh, at, at the name that's going to uh, surface for, uh, for McLaren. Now, the interesting thing about this is, and you've seen this as well, everything that was tweeted, uh, retweeted by Alex Pillow had nothing to do with Arrow McLaren. All mm -hmm. it talked about was uh, McLaren. So that kind of, uh, you know, uh, is, is a luminous cloud uh, that is uh, hovering over this as well. And, and you know, the contract acts aspect of this uh, really, uh, you know, uh, Chip Canassi kind of holds all the cards here. I think so, but I think that he needs to be careful. I mean, we saw Tony, who you just had on, uh, last month tweeted about how VK was going to go to Ganassi and that it was like close to being a done deal or whatever. I think if Pelos contract forbid him to talk to another IndyCar team, then if Ganassi tries to keep him from driving for Arrow McLaren SP IndyCar team, they better be careful that Arrow McLaren SP doesn't come in and swipe VK from them as well. So I don't know if that, that could happen, but he wants to be careful there. Yeah, that that's a that's a great point, and, and that was something uh, you know I, I brought up uh, with, with with Tony is that uh, you know we could see this play out all over again uh, in, during the off season, as you just mentioned there, uh, Renus VK, who could potentially uh, you know all intents and purposes uh, be the lead driver for that number ten uh, Honda car going into twenty twenty three, but we could be right back in this same position uh, with uh, Chip Canassi and, and Zach Brown, who to his credit, you want to talk about the money that he has put into his IndyCar uh, team, uh, putting a new facility up here in central Indiana. And then you see the contracts that he is, uh, you know, the contract extension uh, that he gave to Pato Award during the month of May. Uh, obviously, the new contract for Alexander Rossi for next year. And then uh, re-upping with, uh, with Felix uh, Rosenquist. So Zach Brown making a huge uh, commitment to uh, his IndyCar program. Yeah, I think they they want to be number one. There's no doubt about it, and we, they they can be. I mean, you know, minus the reliability issues the last two races, Pato could be leading the championship for all we know. And now you're going to add two two championship guys, championship contenders for next year potentially. Whether whether the third one's below or not, um, yeah, I mean they're they're right up there. And which leads me to a point is that 
I think Penske's got to be sitting back and just laughing because you have their big rival Ganassi's like engaged in all these off-track battles. And oh, by the way, we're about to have five races in 22 days. Those Penske guys in second and third in points have got to be loving what they're seeing. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. We are coming to a I think a very vital stretch here in the in the 2022 uh, season. I, I want to get from your perspective. Obviously, uh, last week or a couple week a couple weekends ago, uh, Mid Ohio was the halfway point in the uh, IndyCar season. Uh, what is uh, you know what has caught your eye so far uh, during the the first half of the season uh, here in uh, 2022? Oh, there's too much to, to say, but I uh, I think the the fact that Andretti really hasn't been a part of the big three, but then you, you look at it, no one has. I mean, Penske has six wins and three other teams have one. Um, but yeah, the dysfunction at Andretti, I mean, you, you hope it's a one-off thing. I hope it's a one-off thing. I think Colton Herta's speed is not 10th place speed, which is where he's at in the championship. He should be probably third or fourth uh, based on every everybody else's success. And obviously he had the tough Indy 500. But what stood out to me is uh, the rookie battle. I think Christian Lungard is obviously leading that standings right now, but he's right up there with Graham Rahal. And that team, I mean, people criticize Graham Rahal all the time, but that team has struggled this year. And that that's no secret. And yet he's right up there with a veteran who's been doing it for 15 years. So the rookie battles impress me because you also have David Malukas, who's same thing. I mean, he's right up there with Sato every week. So the rookies have been impressive to me. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And not to, uh, you know, not to mention uh, Callum Eilat and the driving yes. that he has done. Um, I am a, I'm a huge uh, Callum Eilat uh, fan, and that's somebody else that has been rumored. Uh, mm-hmm. to be uh, potentially uh, Chip Ganassi uh, next year as well. But, uh, I, you know, I was able to speak with uh, Callum uh, during the month of May, and I and, and I told him how, you know, impressed I was with him just for the simple fact him being a, a one-car team and not having those two or three cars uh, to rely on, you know, at, at the track for data purposes. And the only data that they have is the data that he and the laps that he is putting down. So such an impressive run uh, from Callum Eilat and that whole uh, Jinko's team there with, you know, just having one car. And I think you're absolutely right. An, an impressive uh, rookie class, uh, Christian Lungard, you know, potentially maybe the best uh, car there in the um, – uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan uh, stable. And, and then you also talked about David Malukas and what an impressive job uh, he has done uh, over at uh, Dale Coyne along with uh, Takuma Sato, as you mentioned. Yeah, I, the, you you basically said it. Um, they've been impressive. And I know Christian told me a few weeks ago that he hopes to get on the podium at Iowa for the first time because that's the weekend he turns 21. So I told, I reminded him, you know, he could do it twice with the double header. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And then, and then you talk about the the turmoil that I think we finally uh, got to see boil over, unfortunately, uh, with uh, with Andretti Autosport there on uh, you know Mid Ohio uh, weekend. Um, you know, it's just been something uh, from from my understanding that has just accumulated uh, over time. And you know, with outside of you know Colton Herta winning in a uh, rain soaked uh, road course at the IMS during the month of May. Uh, Andretti has struggled just as much as, you know, those other teams that aren't named Penske. 
Yeah, uh, it's really been the Penske show this year. I mean, the last two years after Roger bought the series, they were kind of, you know, they weren't quite the best team. You, you kind of wondered, you know, does this have anything to do with their kind of drop in performance? But this year has been, I mean, this has been their best season in quite some time. Six wins in nine races. I mean, that's like, that's like F1 level dominance almost, aside from the fact that you have three different drivers who could win on every weekend. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you think back, uh, Asher, to uh, last year, 2021, uh, Pinsky struggled uh, for the majority of the year. Uh, they did uh, find their way to uh, three wins uh, in, in 2021. Uh, curious, you know, I, I wish I was a fly on the wall during the offseason there with the uh, the Pinsky teams uh, because you go from three wins one year ago and you double that to six, uh, not to mention, uh, you know, what Joseph Newgarden has done uh, by himself uh, winning the uh, cool $1 million. So a little bit of a resurgence. Uh, I would say uh, we have seen in Team Pinsky here in 2022, and, and specifically uh, Joseph Newgarden, who uh, you know opened up the season like a house of fire. And, and it seems like to me, looking at the remaining tracks we have uh, this weekend in Toronto, I think that's gonna that's gonna be a huge question mark because obviously you know IndyCar hasn't been there the last few years, and you only have a handful of drivers uh, that have actually have experience. Uh, in the, uh, the the course up in uh, Toronto, uh, but the remaining courses, uh, Iowa, you know, Na uh, Nashville, uh, the likes like that, definitely play in Joseph Newgarden's hands. Yeah, I mean, Penske, you mentioned they double their win total. They've done it in half a season too, and Newgarden's has been responsible for half of that. I think when they announced that one million dollar challenge, I don't really know if anybody thought there would actually be a winner, right? I mean, you have so many different drivers who can win any given week. How is one driver going to win on every single kind of venue in a, in a single season? And he does it before the halfway mark. So I think he's the guy, I think, you know, I think he's probably the championship favorite at this point. The The issue with him early on was consistency. He had like uh, two or three wins and everything else was 14th or worse or something crazy like that. But they seem to be getting things together on the consistency front. And yeah, the tracks, Iowa, it's like you used to be able to just pencil him in as the winner almost. Um, you know, Nashville is obviously, I guess they consider it his home track. And he, yeah, I mean, he's, I'm looking at these tracks. He's going to be tough to beat. That's for sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, starting uh, this weekend, uh, obviously in in, in Toronto. Uh, we'll, we'll talk on that a little bit uh, with the uh, few minutes we have remaining. If you're just joining us, uh, Asher for Asher Fair from Beyond the Flag uh, has uh, taking a little bit of time out of his busy schedule to uh, join us uh, this weekend uh, north of the border uh, for the first time in the last couple of years uh, with the um, Honda Indy at, at Toronto. I think this is going to be quite an interesting race because just like, as I mentioned, you know, outside of, you know, Scott Dixon, uh, Will Power, and, and some of the, the veterans of the IndyCar series, there are going to be a lot of first timers uh, that are going to be taking their first laps uh, tomorrow uh, on, uh, on the, on the street course there in, in Toronto, uh, Alex Pillow, uh, you know, um, uh, Pato Award and all the rook the great rookie class. Uh, what do you expect not only tomorrow, uh, but uh, leading up to qualifying in the uh, race on Sunday? 
I expect what I expect every week. You're going to have a championship contender who's like 20th or something in practice. And then, you know, it qualifies bad. And I mean, it's just, it's, there's, there's so much parody in this series and that's going to continue. I think a driver to watch is, is Simon Pagano. He obviously won the most recent trip here three years ago. And he's one of what, like 12 drivers who have ever raced here before. And Meyer Shank racing seems to be getting more speed with their street course car. I think, uh, he and Castronova swept the second row at Belle Isle, I believe. They were up there in qualifying. But, yeah, beyond that, it's just going to be another unpredictable weekend. We'll see what happens in practice. We'll see who, we'll see who's quick out of the truck, and we'll see who's not. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, and, and I think you hit on a, a couple things there. Some of the, some of the race favorites um that uh, that that i see uh one that you just talked about there uh simon pagino um obviously uh, also going with uh, with joseph newgarden you know how can you bet against him the way he's been uh rolling out uh, week after week uh scott dixon uh who uh you know it may be uh you know all or nothing uh, for him at uh at, at this stage if he wants to win another uh, NTT uh, IndyCar Series championship, and then the lone uh, Andretti driver uh, that's, that has had a little bit of uh, success in uh, this season, uh, Colton Herta. Those are, those are my favorites. Uh, am, I, uh, am I off there, uh, Asher, in, in thinking of those? No, those – you're right. I mean, Herta uh, – yeah, Herta should – I mean, he's basically the favorite to have the most speed, I think, at any street circuit. It's just a matter of if they can put a whole race together. I mean, we've seen, you know, he should have won Nashville last year. He should have won Long Beach this year. I mean, then when they do, he dominates, like last year, St. Petersburg. So I think Herta, you know, obviously New Garden. And, yeah, it's hard to believe Dixon hasn't won in 14 months. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And, and who would have thought – you know, going into this season, Asher, if I would have told you, you know, do you want to bet that Marcus Erickson uh, has a better season for Chip Ganassi racing than Scott Dixon does? I'm sure you'd have taken that bet uh, 10 times out of 10. <laughs> uh, I think last year when Marcus won more, won more races in Dixon, you kind of, you kind of started to believe like, Hey, this guy, this guy can be legit. Um, I, I know he's the points leader. I don't know that he's had the best season. I mean, you had the Long Beach. He was on the podium until the last few laps, which is always a shame. I think his point totals definitely uh, inflated because the Indy 500 was double points. And, you know, that's the same reason Dixon and Pelot aren't also leading the championship because of their issues. But it wouldn't have been too hard to believe that, honestly. Just based on last year and the success he had, I think, it was his second year with Ganassi, so he took a huge step forward from his first season there. But we'll see how it plays out. There's still eight races left, obviously. I mean, if Pelot's driving with a clear mind, which isn't going to happen, but if in the event that he can drive and focus and do what he does, I still think he's the best of the three. Yeah, you, you know, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, this, uh, you know, championship. Uh, point standings is going to come down to a handful of drivers 
And, uh, you know, the one I think, as I mentioned, it plays to the most there is uh, is Joseph Newgarden. But uh, we've been on a roller coaster so far in 2022, so uh, I don't expect that uh, to change uh, anytime soon. Uh, Asher, for, for people that, again, uh, are interested in following you on social media, if they don't already, like I said, uh, shame on them. And then all of the great content uh, that uh, that you provide on a daily uh, basis as well. Uh, where can people find that at? Uh, beyondtheflag.com. No spaces, obviously. And then our Twitter page is beyond underscore the underscore flag. I do have a personal Twitter. I don't even know the handle off the top of my head. I never use it. But if you look up Asher Fair, I'm sure it'll pop up. Again, uh, Asher, huge thank you for uh, taking a little bit of time out of your busy schedule to, to join us. I definitely look forward to uh, what this uh, final couple months, couple months has in store in, uh, in the IndyCar series. And I'm sure you'll be following it uh, just as uh, closely as I do. Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to uh, do this again uh, down the road sometime and maybe uh, either at uh, IMS towards the end of the month, or maybe even Nashville, uh, we can uh, cross paths and actually do this in person. Thanks again for having me. Yep, and sounds good. We'll definitely have to do this again. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Asher, uh, again, huge thank you, and uh, we'll talk down the road. Yep, see you later. Thank you. That was uh, Asher Fair of Beyond the Flag. Make sure you go on Twitter, check him out, and check all of his content out there on his website as well. Uh, Before we wait for our, our, while we wait rather, for our next guest here to uh, join us in the next few minutes, uh, let's go to a a couple drivers uh, that are previewing uh, the Toronto race this weekend. Hey guys, race week again, uh, Toronto for my first time. Super excited to go there. We had uh, an amazing weekend uh, last week at Mid-Ohio with uh, second place there fighting till the end. But uh, yeah, Toronto, it's my first time going there. Um, I'm super excited. The track looks fantastic. Lots of fans, so cannot uh, wait to race there for the first time. And the team was really good there in 2019. Um, so yeah, they got a podium with Dixie, uh, good placing with the 10 car. So hopefully you can get that number 10 NTT Data Honda uh, in victory lane for the first time this year. See ya. I can't wait. I can't wait for Toronto this weekend. It's uh, it was a great event last time we were there, 2019, um, when I won the race. Um, it was was pretty awesome. It's it's a race track that I really really enjoy. I love the rhythm of the track, and uh, it's a, it's a place that uh, I feel very comfortable at. Uh, we have an amazing street course package with uh, Mershank Racing on our race car. So obviously, uh, it's a it's a weekend that I'm, I'm really looking forward to for all these reasons. Uh, which are very positive and um, I look forward to uh, hopefully execute perfectly the whole weekend and uh, maybe uh, end up with a a silverware at the end. So I look forward to it. Thank you. A huge thank you both to uh, to Alex Pillow and to Simon Pagano and the NTT uh, IndyCar team for gathering those two previews there of uh, of toronto but uh checking the the comments here while we wait for our next guest uh to to join us uh, i think uh, you know i think josh is absolutely right that uh, chip isn't going to back down or or give in and i hope that's not you know the outcome here i would love to see uh, alex polo 
behind a racing wheel in, in 2023 if it's with uh, Errol McLaren in um, in IndyCar or uh, McLaren in, in Formula One. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, obviously all all shakes out. Um, but uh, but yes, I, I do. Like I said I, I want to see Alex uh, behind a uh, you know a open wheel car. You know I don't care what series it's in, uh, but we definitely want to see a talented driver like uh, Alex Pillow behind a open wheel car in 2023. Uh, just to give a little bit of a preview for people that are unfamiliar uh, with the uh, Toronto uh, street circuit there. I know it's been uh, a few years since uh, the NTT uh, IndyCar series has made its way uh, to uh, to Toronto, but I uh, remember uh, the Toronto street circuit here is a 11 turn 1.786 mile uh, 85 laps or 151 mile uh, race on exhibition place street circuit, uh, which offers great views of the downtown Toronto area and often leads cars attempting uh, to squeeze past each other in such tight turns. Uh, also to keep in mind, there are many times where only one car uh, can make it out of that turn unscathed. Uh, also, to keep in mind that the long front stretch uh, leading to Prince's Gate in Turn 1 and the Lakeshore Boulevard, which I can't wait to uh, see the view of uh, Lakeshore Boulevard, uh, leads straight uh, into a hard 90-degree right turn into Turn 3, where the drivers are going to find their best place for overtaking uh, since the IndyCar series was in Toronto. Uh, what are some of the uh, changes? Uh, obviously uh, we all know that the uh, aero screen uh, has been added since uh, IndyCar was in Toronto in, uh, in 2013. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see how the uh, cars drive as well. Uh, also to some quick facts uh, about the race on Sunday, uh, the push to pass parameters, uh, there's going to be 200 seconds of total time uh, with a max time of 20 seconds per activation. As for uh, tire all allotment, uh, there's going to be seven sets of the primary black tires and four sets of the alternative red tires. And also to uh, keep in mind, teams must use one set of the primary black tires and one set of the primary red tires uh, during uh, during the uh, the race there uh, as well. As uh, Tony uh, alluded to and um, uh, Asher alluded to earlier, uh, the last time in the uh, IndyCar series was in Toronto, uh, the uh, poll winner, the NTT P1 award winner uh, was Simon Pagano. And along with winning the poll, uh, Simon Pagano also won uh, that uh, that race there as well. Uh, taking a look at the schedule uh, for this weekend, uh, Friday, J July 15th at 2.30 is uh, scheduled practice number one. And then uh, Saturday at 10 a.m. is scheduled practice number two. And then uh, Saturday as well, you have uh, the first round of qualifying at uh, 2 p.m. And then the uh, second group of qualify, or excuse me, yes, the second group will qualify at 2:20 on Saturday as well. And then round two of qualification uh, will be uh, at 2:40 uh, on Saturday. And then the Firestone Fast Six uh, is scheduled for 3 p.m. on Saturday. And then leading into Sunday. 
Uh, you'll have uh, the warm-up there at uh, 10.55 a.m., and then the race is scheduled to begin at 3.20 p.m. Remember, these are all Eastern Standard Times. And I do see we have another question from Josh there in the comments uh, asking if we will be at the IndyCar race in Nashville. And that is a astounding yes, we will. And then if so, uh, will, will we be broadcasting live from there? Um, you know what? I, I We haven't given much thought, uh, but uh, don't be surprised if you see a uh, broadcast uh, or two uh, from there. I know we're going to gather, obviously, a lot of interviews and, and things of that nature. So um, some past winners uh, from, from Toronto, active winners uh, for the uh, uh, that are current uh, drivers. You have Will Power has three wins in Toronto, uh, followed by Scott Dixon with three, uh, Joseph Newgarden with two, and then obviously uh, Simon Pagano with, uh, with one as well. And then the active poll winners, uh, Will Power has two polls. Uh, Scott Dixon has two polls. Uh, Simon Pagano has one. Elio Castroneves has one. And then also uh, Joseph Newgarden with uh, one poll as well. So uh, just waiting. We should have uh, here our next guest uh, momentarily uh, stepping in. So I uh, can't wait to hear from, uh, from this driver. Um, what a uh, great season uh, he has had. Uh, so far in uh, in Indy Lights, and, and obviously he is uh, waiting uh, patiently for his call up to the uh, you know to the major circuit there, uh, the NTT IndyCar Series. Uh, I'm sure he'll be able he will get uh, that uh, that call uh, sooner uh, sooner rather than later. But uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, thank you. Or if you're going to be listening uh, later, uh, thank you to you as well. Uh, this is episode number seven of the Push to Pass podcast. Uh, I am Derek Vance. Uh, if you did miss any of the beginning of the show, uh, you can go back to a multitude of, uh, of podcast platforms uh, to find replays of this show and uh, past shows as well. And you see scrolling down the bottom of your screen uh, is the social, social media uh, outlets where you can find the content uh, for the Push to Pass podcast. Uh, give that a, a follow, a like, a subscription, uh, everything like that. Uh, but uh, you know, huge thank you. Uh, earlier in the show, we had uh, Tony Donahue. Uh, he was scheduled to um, uh, to co-host the show with me. Uh, he did have a uh, softball game that got rescheduled, uh, so that kind of put a monkey wrench into uh, into that. But uh, had him on right off the bat uh, to uh, talk about the the big news uh, going into uh, Toronto. Uh, this weekend and then uh, following him if you'd missed it uh, Asher Fair of Beyond the Flag uh was uh, joining us here uh, here as well to uh, give his perspective uh, on not only the the big news of the week uh with uh, with Alex Pillow and everything that uh, the circus uh, that is uh, evolving uh, around that uh, but also his uh, perspective on the uh, current 2022 2022 rather uh, season and then uh, previewing what uh, Toronto is going to look like uh, this weekend um 
And again, if you ever have a, a question, a comment, uh, make sure um, that uh, that you post it. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, uh, YouTube, or uh, or Twitter, uh, make sure you uh, you post those, and uh, we will uh, try to uh, read them off the best that we can. Uh, let's take a look uh, again the the entry list because I know that has been uh, uh, talk of the uh, the circuit uh, as well with uh, some of the sponsor issues. Um, that uh, A.J. Foyt and uh, Tatiana Calderon um, are having. But uh, taking a look at the entry list uh, this weekend, uh, you have uh, Joseph Newgarden, uh, Scott McLaughlin, uh, Dalton Kellett, Pato Award, Elio Castroneves, uh, Felix Rosenquist, Marcus Erickson, Scott Dixon, Alex Pillow, Will Power, Kyle Kirkwood, uh, Graham Rahal, David Malukas, Connor Daly, Renus VK. Colton Herta, Alexander Rossi, Roman Grosjean, uh, Delvin DeFrancesca, uh, Christian Lungard, Jack Harvey, uh, Jimmy Johnson, uh, in, sporting a new livery uh, this weekend as well, pretty sharp, uh, Takuma Sato, uh, Simon Pagano, and then rounding out uh, the entry list there, number 77, Callum Eilat. So that is your entry list uh, this weekend for the um, – for the Toronto race as well. Uh, hopefully, we didn't get our our times uh, crossed here, uh, but uh, Hunter McElray is uh, supposed to be stopping by here uh, any minute uh, to uh, uh, to join us to uh, talk about uh, a different uh, array of of items uh, from uh, why he got into uh, racing uh, to his season so far in Indy Lights here in uh, 2022. And then uh, uh, Indy Lights picks up next weekend in uh, in Iowa. I know uh, Asher was talking about the uh, double weekend that the IndyCar series uh, has at uh, at Iowa, uh, but the Indy Lights uh, will uh, will be there as well. So can't wait to uh, hopefully be able to hear from a Hunter and give us a little bit of a preview of that race there as well. So uh, just waiting, obviously on uh, on hunter to uh to join us um just looking through some uh, you know some news and notes here uh from uh not from uh but going into the uh, toronto race uh so far this year there have been six different winners in nine ntt indycar series races in uh, 2022 uh scott mclaughlin obviously winning uh, at uh, st petersburg in mid ohio uh, joseph newgarden at uh, texas long beach and road america uh, Pato award uh, winning at barber motorsports park and then you had uh, colton herta as we said um you know winning at the ims road course the first of two uh, road course uh, races this year at ims and then uh, marcus erickson winning the indianapolis 500 and will power winning at raceway in uh, belle isle park they have all won in uh, 2022 the record for the most different winners in a season is 11 and that occurred in 2020 2021 and 2014 uh, also there have been uh, six different uh, winners in the last 10 uh, ntt indycar series races uh, colton herta 
uh, Scott McLaughlin, Joseph Newgarden, Pato Award, Marcus Erickson, and Will Power. The only repeat winners in that stretch are Newgarden, uh, Texas this year, Long Beach this year, and Road America uh, this year as well. And then uh, McLaughlin, Scott McLaughlin, winning at uh, St. Petersburg in 2022 and Mid-Ohio in 2022 as well. Uh, also keep in mind there have been nine different uh, NTT P1 award winners uh, in uh, this uh, season as well. Uh, Scott McLaughlin at uh, uh, St. Petersburg, uh, Felix Rosenquist at Texas, uh, Colton Herta at Long Beach, uh, Renus VK at uh, Barber Motorsports Park, uh, Will Power at the uh, uh, IMS Road Course, the first road course race this year at IMS, uh, Scott Dixon at the 500, and then uh, Joseph Newgarden at uh, Belle Isle Park, uh, Alexander Rossi at Road America, and then the and then uh, Pato Award there at uh, Mid Ohio. Uh, the Honda IndyCar Toronto will be the 36th IndyCar Series race held on the Toronto's Exhibition Park. Uh, the race returns, as we said, after a two-year absence uh, due to the COVID pandemic, and as we mentioned back in 2019. Uh, Simon Pagino uh, was the last one to win that race. Uh, Scott Dixon and Will Power are tied as the winningest active IndyCar Series drivers at Toronto with three wins apiece. Uh, Pinsky has won three of the last four here with uh, Scott Dixon in a uh, obviously Chip Ganassi car in 2018 uh, as uh, you know the other winner here. Uh, as well, uh, went through uh, some of the uh, the active race winners, uh, the active poll winners. Uh, interesting quote um, coming from uh, Will Power talking about uh, Toronto. Uh, quote: uh, Yeah, I do actually. Having been around so long, talking about uh, you know driving on and in, in Toronto, I understand the tracks that I'm good at and what I'm. Toronto is always one that I struggle in qualifying for whatever reason usually good in the race after that they're all you've got to be good at all of them and some that think think you'll be really good at you may have a bad day so you got to take make the most of everything but there are some tracks your car is better you're stronger at some click with you very well that's a path that you've got to keep working on so be stronger everywhere. So a little bit of a quote there from, uh, from willpower, uh, interesting words, uh, coming from him as well. Uh, but I do see that uh, we may have had a, uh, communications snafu and uh, that is, uh, apologies. My apologies. Hopefully we'll be able to, uh, you know, maybe connect with, with Hunter, uh, next week, but, uh, coming on the, uh, the show now, uh, he's become one of the regulars, uh, so to say, on the Push to Pass podcast. Yes, that is Mike of Bet uh, IndyCar. And uh, and Mike, before we get into any of the betting for this week, I know how you know we, we talked about this uh, you know last week how tough uh, Toronto is going to be you know due to the fact that uh, it's been a while since uh, IndyCar has has been there. Uh, but want to get your perspective. I, I've asked the other two guests that have joined me, and, and I know you might not pay as much attention as others. Uh, but uh, what a uh, earthquake 
uh, IndyCar had this week with the uh, news uh, from uh, from Alex Pillow, uh, from uh, Chip Ganassi, and then from uh, McLaren uh, as well. Yeah, Derek, man. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I pay, of course I pay attention. Uh, that's that's part of the gambling and the handicapping is knowing what's going on. And if I'm an IndyCar fan, first and foremost, that's the the reason uh, you know I like to bet on it. Um, uh, so. Yeah, I've got a take on it. I think it's. I think it's. Look, my my opinion is it's great. Uh, there's no such thing as as bad publicity. Uh, so um, that's the take that I have on. It. I think it's great for IndyCar. Uh, it's turning up the pot a little bit. You know, um, from my gambling side of things, there could be a couple of angles to bet on here. Uh, I'd love to see like Polo roll out of the garage and practice, and his car just be terrible, uh, and Ganassi pull his engineers and whatnot. So. Uh, I think that'll stir the pot a little bit, and then and then we could bet against him in the race because uh, you get some good good matchups against him. So something we could jump on. But uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it's good for IndyCar. I think it's good to have more competition, more drivers, have more conversations. So uh, no such thing as bad publicity, as far as I see it. And uh, I think it's only good to growing the sport, which is the whole point of what uh, I'm trying to do with some of this gambling stuff, because um, I think that'll grow the sport as well. Uh, you know, actually in F1, you can bet on where drivers are going to be at. Imagine if we could do that. Um, and then, you know, shoot, we'd probably be able to make a ton of money between uh, yourself and the knowledge and the inside information you get. And, and Tony uh, at uh, from Burnout Sports, you know, there's uh, he, he people, there were plenty of people out there reporting uh, some of this stuff. And uh, in F1, you can you can wager on it. So that'd be cool in the future. But yeah, I think it's interesting and I think it's a uh, good publicity, good for the sport. Yeah, I, I know in the past, and specifically a, a lot this year, um, Connor Daly has been quite outspoken. You know, to have a little bit of of action and kind of some, you know, on track um, rivalries uh, here, and I think that's, uh, you know, that's what this is, is turning to, and it is going to be interesting as the uh, cars roll out. You know, for that first practice uh, tomorrow, you know, what uh, what kind of uh, what kind of mood. Is uh, is Alex Pillow going to be in? You know, we all thought going into Toronto, the storyline would be, uh, you know, how well Andretti uh, bounces back from Mid Ohio. But I think, uh, you know, this has to be uh, if if Andretti was looking for a silver lining in what happened to them at Mid Ohio, you know, this news that come down with Alex Pillow this week had to be it because uh, they were a little brushed to the wayside. I think with uh, when uh, this come down there on on Tuesday night. But uh, with all that being said, I know you've had uh, a lot of time to uh, research uh, Toronto. I know uh, the IndyCar series has been on a hiatus there uh, for the last couple of years. So there's going to be maybe the majority of the field, I, I think, to say the least, that has no experience uh, whatsoever when it comes to uh, when it comes to Toronto. And it seems like uh, a lot of the a lot of people are hedging on the uh, experienced drivers uh, placing their bets there because there are a lot of drivers that are going to be taking that course for the first time uh, tomorrow. The, the Pato awards, uh, the Alex Pelos, uh, the Jimmy Johnson's um, the Callum Eilots, you know, uh, the, all the rookies. Uh, but uh, what is your research, uh, you know, told you uh, since we were able to talk last? Yeah, look, you, you nailed it. The only handicapping angle that we have from this place is the vets. You know, so if you want to look to to bet some of these vets um, out of the gate, you know, for me, um, the, I don't know if I'm going to play into that because a lot of the vets, you know, your pageants of the world and some of these guys, they're not in, they're not as in, 
uh, as good as cars as they used to be. You know, maybe I lean towards like a Dixon or a Power. I got my eyes on those guys. Um, you know, I'm more looking at it from a handicap perspective. I'm looking at the guys that have done well in street courses this year. Um, McLaughlin's obviously uh, one in St. Pete, Power one in Detroit. Um, you know, Herta is usually very strong in street courses. Um, so, you know, looking at the odds that were released uh, late yesterday, early today, you know, New Gardner's your favorite. Um, looking at Caesar Sports, I got it up right here. He's, uh, the, you know, three to one, three and a half to one uh, favorite uh, at DraftKings. I believe he's four and a half to one. So I always tell people shop around for the best number. Um, Polo is second at four and a half to one. Uh, then Award, six to one. Herta, six to one. Rossi, eight to one. Power, nine to one. Dixon, 10 to one. So, you know, uh, I told you, like we said last time, this race, um, man, it's it's going to be – it's tough to handicap, and I'm really not going to be making a ton of bets like I would in other races pre, pre-qualifying and pre-practice. Uh, I did make one bet. I put some money down on uh, Herta at 7-1. to one. Um, You know, typically on street circuits and typical years, Herta comes out as uh, usually right next to Newgardner as one of your pre-race favorites, if not the pre-race favorite. He was the pre-race favorite in St. Pete at 3-1. to one. Um, and he was the pre-race favorite in a couple of the other races, especially some of these street courses. So uh, I think he's got some good street track uh, history. I think he's going to qualify well. This is a tight track, not a lot of passing. Uh, I had somebody, I, I, I apologize for who it was, but somebody on Twitter talked about power. Um, power's on my list, as always. Um, but power hasn't qualified well here. So I'm a little hesitant to pull the trigger. Uh, he does fit that narrative of the veteran um, that's been here before. He does, um, you know, he did, he's not going to go through the field like he did last week. That's just not happening in Toronto. Um, this is, it's like St. Pete. You know, there might be somebody that tries to win it on fuel mileage or yellow strategy, but uh, power is not going to spin on a lap one and then comb through the field like he did at Ohio. Um, that's not going to work. You're going to need to qualify up front uh, or you're going to need to hurry and get really lucky on some yellow strategy. So I'm going to wait for practice before I make any of my bets. And honestly, I'll probably keep, most of my bankroll for this particular race uh, until Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, we've spoken on numerous occasions uh, previewing one race or the other, and, and, you know, we're pretty spot on. I think when it comes to uh, some of the favorites that, uh, that we like, you know, you come from it from a gambling uh, aspect. I'm more of the, uh, the fantasy type. And and I highlighted uh, four different uh, favorites, that uh, that I'm going to take this weekend, and you hit on every single one of them. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, uh, you know, obviously the role he's been on, you you can't uh, you can't devalue that. Uh, Scott Dixon, um, you know, a veteran knows his way around uh, Toronto, and uh, Colton Herta as well, the uh, lone bright spot uh, when it comes to Andretti Autosport here in, in 2022, and then uh, the last winner. Uh, that uh, uh, IndyCar has had in Toronto back in 2019, uh, Simon Pagano. So those were my four uh, favorites uh, that I had. Uh, who are some of the sleepers uh, that uh, people may want to put uh, put some money on that uh, could uh, could hit it big for them? You know, uh, not many. And, and uh, Pagano, I consider him a sleeper. 16 to 1 is a pretty big number. Um, you didn't mention Rossi. You know, Rossi's been a fine, even ever since he's announced to go to McLaren. He's actually raced well. I've had some bets on him. You know, we still we had that 20 to 1 bet that uh, we just missed out on um, with him in a pre-qualifying bet. You know, so if you're looking for guys that are going to call well, you know, like I said, uh, Pagano at 16 to 1 is, is interesting. 
Erickson's interesting. He's done well. He's they're they're definitely going to put some muscle behind that car. Um, maybe all of it now instead of having it on Polo, it'll be towards Erickson. Uh, Erickson's car, all the attention, so he can look to grab a championship. And he's raced well in street courses. He's sitting at twelve to one. So there's like that little area in like the the teens uh, as far as odds go. That's interesting. You know, Rosenquist twenty five to one, and then there's a huge jump right up to Helio at, at fifty. Graham at 50, you know, Graham's just tumbled off. I don't know what's going on with Ray Hall. I don't think I could make bets there. If you're, you know, if you're a Graham fan, now's the best time to, to, to if you just want to have some fun and take five bucks, throw it on Graham at 50 to one. Um, if you're hoping for a comeback there, but you know, I think, uh, most of my pre-qualification, you know, bets, um, powers of maybe at 10 to one, uh, obviously, like I said, Herta was the only bet that I made and it wasn't, it was just a small like quarter unit bet at seven to one. And then I'm going to wait and see. Um, there's so many unknowns here. We don't know how the aero screen is going to react. We don't know how they're going to set up the track. You know, it's been a lot. I bet you the track's a little bit different. Uh, I know in St. Pete's, which is a race that I attend every single year, um, there's always little nuances on how these guys set it up differently um, that add a few seconds here or there or, or take off a few seconds that that change the race. So, um, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's, I think what you're looking at. I, that middle of the pack, if you're going to make some pre-qualification bets, I'd keep it light. Uh, and maybe I'd pick from the Erickson, Rossi, Pagano group. I don't mind the Pagano. You're not the first person I've heard mention him. I think uh, Eric from Race Review does a great job uh, with his write-ups. He, he was mentioning Pagano. Um, and, uh, and then he had some reservations about Power as well. You know, Power might be the one guy that, that, that gets me. He's a veteran. He's having a great year. He's going to have the Penske Power. Um, so if he comes out and has a nice practice, and even if the number drops from 10 to maybe 7 or 8 to 1 pre-qualification, I might – might grab that if he's at the top of the charts, but new Gardner heard over the guys I, uh, on my research, my handicapping that I was looking at. Uh, I'm not going to bet new Gardner at four and a half to one before qualifications. It's just too low of a number. Uh, it's a situation where the number, you know, I don't care about the drive, the driver. I'm looking at the number the numbers just, you know, it's not going to get much worse if he hits the pole. And honestly, his chances of hitting the pole in, in IndyCar uh, are not that, you know, it's not that great. There's just so many guys that are so good. Uh, that's so close week in and week out. So you got to wait to see, especially on these tight street courses, who ends up where. There's not going to be a ton of passing. So, um, you know, from a betting perspective, we'll we'll wait to fire some bullets on Sunday. Uh, for the most part, look for some matchups. I'm a little bummed I'm not going to bet Tatiana and Simona again. They're not here. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of group bets. Caesar Sports um, released a great betting menu again. Um there's a bunch of group bets. There's a bunch of winning car number bets. So you can do a bunch of fun things there. Uh, if you like some of those veterans, you can pick them off in groups, um, or you can do some betting uh, at Caesar Sportsbook uh, with winning car number, winning manufacturer, uh, and you can correlate those bets with uh, how your handicap works to, to, so you can sweep the board. Yeah, definitely a, a lot of uh, different facets uh, that you can do uh, across the board on those uh, those betting sites uh, for sure. Uh, you actually did rattle off a, a couple sleepers. Uh, I wasn't going to leave Alex Ross, Alexander Rossi off that list. Uh, obviously, I have him as a uh, sleeper. And then, as you said, uh, with all of the news around uh, Chip Ganassi racing, I'm uh, going to be curious to see uh, Marcus Plow how much more time, not excuse me, uh, Marcus Erickson, how much more time and, and effort and energy uh, they're going to put uh, put in his car. And then a couple people, uh, I'm going to fade actually a whole group, uh, obviously, is all of the rookies uh, that uh, haven't raced here before. And then I'm just not a huge fan of how uh, Will Power qualifies. Uh, at uh, at Toronto as well, so that's why I got him in my uh, in in my fade column this week. 
Yeah, that's what's keeping me from betting him um, right now is the fact that he struggles in qualifying. Um, you know, 10 to 1, 9 to 1, that's a pretty good number post uh, pre-qualifying. But uh, we'll wait and see what happens on the practices tomorrow, see how cars roll off. Um, you know, it, these guys are professionals. These guys are good. I'm sure they've gotten some simulator time uh, on this track. Um, and uh, I wouldn't, you know, it, it it's it's a handicapping angle for sure to look at the favorites and the guys that have been here before. But in my opinion, it's it's a weak one. Um, it's not it's not a great angle to play. I'd much rather have some track history with the aero screen in the cars. Um, but, you know, it, there's part of me that thinks that these rookie drivers will, will do just fine. So, you know, uh, it's something to it's something to watch very closely. Uh, and that's why I think I'm uh, holding most of my money in my pocket right now. The, the great part, uh, any uh, gambler will tell you that uh, the sports books have to post numbers and everything. We don't have to bet at all. So. You know, we've given, uh, you know, we've given the listeners and the viewers uh, some, uh, you know, great, uh, great things to watch for. Uh, it will be interesting to see how rookies and then inexperienced drivers uh, in uh, in the Toronto circuit uh, handle things uh, th this weekend. Uh, I know we talked last week uh, how tough it was going to be uh, to do research into uh, this race this weekend in, in Toronto, obviously not having the amount of data uh, that, uh, that we both had uh, for prior races uh, this year, but was it, was it as hard uh, Mike, as you uh, thought it would be doing uh, your research this week? Yeah, I couldn't really do much of anything. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's live research. It's trying to get quotes from drivers, trying to see what they're saying about the track, seeing, trying to figure out who is on a simulator running the track, who, you know, what are their drivers saying about, you know, what tracks it's similar to. Like I mentioned, I heard St. Pete come up a lot. You know, so when I think of St. Pete, I do think of Power. I do think of New Gardner. Uh, I think of Herda recently, and then maybe McLaughlin, obviously, this year. So, um, you know, uh, those are the, that's the track. Those are the drivers that come to mind. So you're doing some kind of, you know, it's like course comparison, uh, so to speak. But honestly, the research this week is going to be mainly be uh, live. Twitter is a great uh, source of information. Uh, you can get these guys, you can get quotes from people, you can find out what the drivers are saying, you can uh, see what everybody else sees. And, and that's, you know, you got to put all those pieces together. And then you're looking for some good betting numbers and see if you can take advantage of some things that maybe the sports books aren't aware of to somebody that's, you know, really paying attention. So, you know, my advice, like always, my advice is pay attention, do your homework, um, and then, you know, make sure you uh, practice good bankroll management and then have some fun. Uh, you should be able to win some money. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, uh, you know, you, you said the most important key there is going to be uh, bankroll management uh, this weekend with so many you know questions uh, up in the air, uh, being on a hiatus uh, that uh, IndyCar has for the last couple of years in, in Toronto. Uh, can you can people expect having a uh, Twitter spaces uh, this weekend? I know you and, and Tony enjoy absolutely doing those. Uh, can uh, people uh, expect that and uh, to get their betting advice there before Sunday? Yeah, so um, it's uh, we'll announce every we'll we'll get it out there on Twitter the exact times and what we're uh, but we I've talked to Tony and the, the Burnout Bets guys. We'll probably uh, plan to do something Friday after practice. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some updated lines after that. If not, we'll have the opening lines and we'll be able to kind of figure out what the lines are looking like pre qualification. So we will have one more chance. You know, after we see a practice, after we hear what drivers have to say, uh, we'll do a spaces tomorrow night, Friday, probably around nine p.m. ish. Uh, or so, um, and we'll talk about what lines we see pre-qualifications, uh, and then we'll probably do another one on Sunday morning uh, before the race. We'll get on there, 
Uh, and at that point, you know, usually the sports books have released their matchups on Sunday morning. Uh, so we can look at matchups. We can look at top threes, top fives, uh, and anything else. If the group betting, uh, I assume Caesars will still have the prop bets up with the groups. Uh, we might find something in those groups uh, that we can bet on and, uh, and take advantage of and, and uh, hopefully make some cash. Uh, Mike, great stuff as uh, as always. Uh, for people that don't follow you already, and, and again, as I say, heaven forbid uh, that they sh- they haven't followed you yet. Shame on them. Uh, where can they find uh, you at on social media and all the great content uh, that you put out leading up to the race on Sunday? Yep, pretty much everything's going to be on at Indy underscore bet. Um, and then sometimes uh, mostly you'll see me tag most of the at burnout bet stuff uh, and at burnout sports stuff. But uh, at Indy bet, it will be uh, everything that you see from me and everything. I make a bet. I put it out there and uh, I'll put my card out there on Sunday morning um, and I'll put a recap after that and everything I see. And we'll, there'll be some interaction back and forth with uh, anybody on, on Twitter uh, that wants to, I'm happy to answer questions and we'll probably solicit some questions for the spaces. If anybody's got some gambling questions uh, specific to any car, I'll be happy to, you know, the more people we can get involved with it, the more uh, attention we'll get from the sports books and uh, the more bets we could have. And um, like I said, maybe in the future, like a, like F1, we can bet on what drivers are going to go to what teams. Uh, and that's always some, some fun uh, to mess around with that and, and uh, play with those lines. So the more, the more uh, engagement we can get, the better it is. And, just another way to grow the uh, the grow to sport IndyCar. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and, and you know we have ag- we've agreed uh, in, in the past that you know how much more exciting uh, IndyCar has been this year when you have a little uh, skin in the game for sure. But uh, again, Mike, as always, great uh, great stuff. Uh, look for his uh, content this weekend. Pay close attention uh, because I think, as you said, uh, bankroll uh, management is going to be the uh, absolute key. Uh, in a race that uh, has been on hiatus uh, for the last couple of years. But uh, Mike, again, huge thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, we'll uh, we'll talk again in about a week to see how you uh, did at Toronto and then to uh, preview uh, Iowa as well. So again, uh, we'll, we'll keep track of you this weekend. And a uh, huge thank you for stopping by as always. Thanks, Ben. No problem. Iowa, we're going to bet Joseph Newgardner. Put it, put it down. There you go. Get your Iowa bets in already. But uh, again, go check Mike out there on on social media. Uh, you will definitely uh, enjoy um, what uh, what you find and uh, pay attention uh, to his uh, Twitter because uh, uh, you know everything is changing uh, as as the betting world changes. As you guys know that. But if you want to win some scratch and put a little bit of skin in the game, definitely go check him out on Twitter. So uh, that does it for this episode of the push to pass podcast uh, i want to thank a whole host of uh people for stopping by uh first and foremost want to thank a special guest co-host i know he wasn't on a very long uh prior engagement that got uh, uh changed around but he was able to stop by uh tony donahue go check him out uh, burnout sports uh check out his indie uh, car podcast uh, as well uh, and also, again, another huge thank you to Asher Fair of Beyond the Flag uh, at Beyond underscore the underscore flag on Twitter. Uh, check out his uh, not, not only his Twitter account, uh, but the content uh, 
that he puts out there as well. And then uh, last but certainly not least, uh, Mike from Bet IndyCar. Uh, make sure you give him a follow, a like uh, this weekend. Uh, check out his Twitter spaces with him and uh, Tony Donahue. Great uh, insider betting information if you are into that sort of thing. So uh, that wraps it up for this episode of the Push to Pass uh, podcast. Uh, stay tuned. Next week we'll be recapping uh, this weekend's race in Toronto and looking forward to the double header weekend coming up at the Iowa Speedway. So for Derek Vance and everyone else that is part of the Push to Pass podcast, we thank you for tuning in, listening and or watching and we will see you at the net on rather the next video.